I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for January 15th, 2014. <laughs> Today's topic is, are you parenting or managing your staff? That's a good question. And if you're listening live, want to make sure you know how to be a part of the show and ask questions. Here's a couple ways you can do it. Number one, you can email me, which is most common, brian at benchmarkportal.com, and I can ask the question for you. Or if you're listening live, you can also phone in, and here's the number to call. It's 347 857 3117. Again, that number is 347-857-3117. Now, make sure you press the number one on your phone to let me know that you want to get on on air and that you have a question, and I'll get you in. But also, of course, I want to let you know and remind you that all of our shows are archived and available to listen at any time that's good for you at BenchmarkPortal.com. So, at this point, I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you very much, Brian. Okay, thank you very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Today's topic is, are you parenting or managing your staff? We've brought in an expert on the topic for you, Dr. Roseanne Dauzilio. Roseanne, an industrial psychologist, consultant, master trainer, best-selling author, executive coach, customer service expert, and president of Human Technologies Global, Inc., specializes in human performance management. Over the last 25 years, she has provided needs analyses, instructional design, and customized live customer service skills training, as well as executive leadership coaching. A bit of history. If we go back 15 years or so, when I first met Roseanne, she also was certified as one of our Purdue University Center for Customer-Driven Quality call center experts. So it's my real pleasure to welcome back Roseanne Dalzilio. Thank you, Bruce. It's just an honor to be back on Call Talk and to be having a conversation with you. It's like old times. It is. It is. Okay. Well, you know, I'm delighted to be talking with you again and to be starting off the new year, 19, uh, 2014, with, uh, with uh, a show with you. So we'll get right into it, Roseanne. You know, I'm, I'm the parent of a teenage son, and I have Benchmark Portal and the College of Call Center Excellence to run. So, uh, you know, there's sometimes when I'm trying to figure out which gray hair I should uh, attribute to which of those roles. But anyway, uh, can you explain to us the difference between managing and parenting? Well, when we talk about anything, I like to have definitions so we're on the same page. These are my definitions. Managing means to handle or direct with a degree of skill, to exercise, execute, administer, and supervise direction of or to direct the professional career of a person versus parenting. Parenting is the raising of a child by its parents, raising, rearing motherhood. And by these definitions, I think the distinctions are apparent, no pun intended. <laughs> yes, okay. And with motherhood, if I could, I will add in uh, fatherhood too, right? We can do that? Yeah. In today's world, we need to add in fatherhood. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, and, and uh, Roseanne, you know, uh, we did a report called Agent Voices, and there were over 5,000 surveys uh, that were utilized for this report 
which talked about uh, what agents really are thinking and feeling. And it was the first and only one of its type. has a has a lot of uh, juicy information. And the research shows that contact center agents really appreciate a, quote-unquote, family feeling in the center. And in our open-ended question to agents, in various different ways, they expressed, uh, many of them anyway, expressed this uh, appreciation when they found a family-type feeling in the center. However, you know, I'd guess that you're saying that the family analogy uh, needs to be put into context and shouldn't be taken to the point of imposing a parent-child relationship. Is, Is that correct? That is correct. I believe it's about boundaries. If we use your family analogy, I'm sure you're aware of parents who try to befriend their children rather than mm-hmm. parent them. There comes a time in a call center, in a family, in life, when someone needs to pull rank for the safety or benefit of the person or the customer or the company. And I like the idea of a family feeling at a company, but when someone pulls rank, somehow that family feeling seems to dissipate. Hmm. And uh, so it's one of these balancing acts, I suppose. Is that right? Yeah, it's about boundaries and it's about balance. You know, too much to any extreme is no good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, in your experience, do you find that uh, your work with call centers that managers are parenting rather than managing? And if you do find that, why do you think that's so? Um, Yes, experience shows us again and again that people are parenting. And here's some possible reasons. They moved up through the ranks and they're now the boss or the manager of someone maybe they sat alongside of, a, a former peer, and they're uncomfortable in that position. Maybe they feel awkward or uneasy pulling rank. Perhaps there's been no management training, but they were promoted into this job where assumptions were made that they could do it and that it would be no problem. Maybe their MO, their modus operandi, is or was parental from the start or any combination of the above. Mm. You know, I, I was thinking about that no management training because I think that is the position that an awful lot of supervisors in particular are put into and being able to uh, manage and guide people, maybe pulling rank is a little bit uh, too strong of a term, but, uh, you know, it's not something that comes naturally to people. So I think you've put your finger on a really important, your number one uh, reason why, which was, you know, somebody is moved up through the ranks and they're uncomfortable uh, in their new position. And they're uncomfortable yes. in many cases because they aren't trained to that position. Yeah, they don't have the tools necessary to manage. And Mm -hmm. usually they do it from a parental position, which sounds judgmental rather than supportive. Right. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, you know, I've been in uh, supervisor trainings where the eyes are opened. I mean, you can almost see uh, the aha moments in the eyes of supervisors when they say, okay, mm-hmm. that's how I should do it, or that's where I've been making a mistake. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and in fact, you know, my guess is that a lot of our listeners right now are doing self-evaluation 
you know, a little examination of conscience about themselves. And that's that's the greatest thing that this show can do, really, is to get people to question what they're doing and uh, figure out how they can do it better. Um, yes. They're probably wondering where they fit in and uh, how they can know what they should do. Well, how, can we give them a little bit of help in the self-discovery? Yeah, there's some very simple questions they can ask themselves. So out there, here's some questions for you. How does my communication affect the way the person is responding to me? How does the person's communication influence my response? Am I being parent? Am I using words like should or shouldn't or always or never? That's a red alert, you're being a parent. Am I being a child? Am I using words like I, I want, I need, I wish, I won't? Am I an adult? Am I being respectful, open, assertive, and sensitive to the person? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, those are the tall order there. It sounds easy enough, but uh, are there more thoughts and ideas? Are there other questions that people should ask to, uh, to, to do this self-evaluation? Yeah, here's some more. Very simply, when you look at a scenario that you recently had, it could have been this morning, ask yourself four questions. What went well? What didn't go so well? What's not perfect yet? And what can I learn from this? And right there you have a fund of information to take and kick it up a notch. Yeah. Okay, good. So what you're saying is that it's uh, you know not just a examination of conscience that we do right now. It's also a uh, an ongoing thing. What went well today, yeah. or what went well in that interaction? What what didn't go so well? What's not perfect, and what can I learn to do better? Exactly. We all want to improve. We don't just take a course and live happily ever after. We need mm-hmm. to take action. We need to raise our awareness so that we're always improving. Okay. So let's take that a step further because uh, I always like helping people, including myself, get from the as-is condition where we're all today uh, to the should-be position. So in okay. a perfect world, what would you like to see a manager do uh, you know, to, to get to the should-be or ought-to-be position so that it really gets into okay. the, the DNA of that manager? Okay. First, I just want to say that I'm not trying to impress you, but rather to impress upon you the impact parenting has not only on your immediate interaction, but the proliferation into all encounters, whether it's an internal or an external customer, and thereby your bottom line. So in a perfect world, here's some tips. Here's what I want from a perfect manager. Give me constructive feedback when or if there's an issue with my performance or if I ask for it. Be very specific in what I do best or well so I can take ownership and continue. And where I need improvement, I want to know. And then give me some boundaries and guidelines for expectations. Number four, create a relationship of trust so I can count on you for support when I need it. Number five would be generate a career path with and for me. 
Number six, give me reassurance of confidentiality in all our communications. And number seven, treat me with dignity and respect. Number eight, motivate and inspire me. Number nine, model for me, lead by example. And number 10, please don't treat me like a child. And, and one more, here's a little bonus, be consistent in your behavior. Hmm. Yeah. That's okay, so we, we've got world. sort of the Ten Commandments, yeah. although it turned into Eleven <laughs> Commandments there, didn't it? <laughs> Why not? A yeah, baker's exactly. dozen. <laughs> exactly, a little extra. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, and what you're talking about really is a, a series of uh, both sort of inner qualities but also uh, transactional modes, if you will, that will build the right kind of relationships, uh, the healthy, healthy adult relationships that I think, uh, you know, you've been talking about throughout the, uh, the, the show and uh, creating yes. the trust relationship, career path, uh, reassurance of confidentiality, uh, dignity and respect, and motivation. Motivate and inspire me. That one yeah. is oftentimes one that's uh, difficult for people because, um, you know, you've heard the expression, leadership means never having an, an off day. That one's tough. Right. Yeah. What's really tough is when something new is, is instituted and a manager doesn't buy in and then expects her team to buy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the first okay, step well, is the manager needs to buy in and then, you know, enroll her team. But sometimes they skip that because, you know, we yeah. lead busy lives and we think we can do it and it's just not so. Right. Right. Okay. Well, you know, there's no doubt these are big shoes to fill. Uh, doing all of these things, uh, you know, just like following all of the Ten Commandments every day is not always that easy. But, uh, you know, however, uh, I always say if it doesn't stretch you, you won't grow. So growth, you know, requires some, some stretching. And uh, that's what people should look to do. So, um, okay, I'm sure you've seen situations with your experience of people who need some, some help, some hand-holding. Uh, to get mm-hmm. themselves to the Audubon position, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done quite a bit of management consulting in your career. Um, how, how do you see coaching helping uh, people like the ones in our audience? Well, the first thing I believe is that we need to raise awareness with the above distinctions such that people can take ownership of their communication put in correction as and when needed, and track the results. Because what we want to do is we want to determine what steps or actions are necessary to reach the next level, and equally important, what stands in the way of achieving those goals. What are those obstacles, real or imagined, stopping you or me from the success we all deserve? I I want to just interject. I was listening to someone speak the other day, and they were talking about the governor on a, you know that ride bumper cars where you bump into each other and you go as fast as you can go? Well, you can only go so fast because there's a governor already in there, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, we all have one of those inside of us. Ours might be called the governor, it might be called the thermostat, or it might just be called our belief systems. And those are some of the obstacles 
that could be in the way of you moving into what's next. It could be as simple as the voices in your head, and if you don't know what those are, I'll be quiet a minute, and you can hear them. (laughs) Okay, this is getting a little weird now. (laughs) But no, I understand what you're saying. In other words, sometimes the biggest uh, barriers to opening up and to uh, actually fulfilling uh, or getting to the ought-to-be position are these uh, governors or breaks that are inside of us. And um, so we, we sometimes will have to break through those and uh, perhaps be more open with people, yeah. uh, perhaps uh, be able to say I'm wrong a little bit more, uh, perhaps be able to give more uh, praise um, and motivate people that way. Uh, and it could be that there's something inside of us that tends to keep, keep that from happening. Is that the idea yeah. that you you have there? Yeah. Yes, and until it comes to awareness, you can't do anything about it. It's unconscious. Mm. Once it becomes aware, once you have awareness, you have control. Once you have control, you have choices. Once you have choices, you opt to make a good one. It could be mm. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. need to reset the generator, the the governor or the whatever it is that you call for yourself, the internal thermostat needs to be reset. Otherwise, the minute it goes a little bit to the right or the left, the comfort level's back to center, back to default. We want to reset that default so that you can excel at what you do with ease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, folks in the audience, if you find that, yes, certain things that we've talked about here are, are totally logical to you, and you can understand how they would improve uh, work life in your call center and uh, the situation with the uh, agents that you are managing, okay, and not parenting, but uh, you have something inside that makes it a little difficult, try pushing yourself just a little bit. You might not you know, go from being a total introvert to being a total extrovert, but take those little steps that uh, sort of start releasing the brakes or uh, relaxing the governor a little bit. Yeah, and it's not about becoming someone that you're not. It's about finding that part of you that's really great and supporting it and expounding on it or expanding on it. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you can't be outgoing if you're not an outgoing person, but we could take those qualities that you do have and hone them in such a way that you're an amazing manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. Well, and you, I'm sure you've helped people do that. And can you tell us what the focus of an effective coaching program could be and, uh, uh, you know, how should you take – uh, there's, there's something that I've always been interested in, too, because um, coaching, you must have to take into account generational differences uh, because of the fact that different people will learn, react, hear things, uh, grow in different ways. And, and a certain amount of that, I don't want to overstate it, but a certain amount of that will be tied to uh, generational you know, tendencies. Yes. Yes. Okay, so the first part of your question, personal and professional development. Because the more you improve professionally, 
your impact is on your personal life as well. We don't live in a vacuum. And the seven areas that we hone in on are the challenges and the opportunities. What are they? The goal setting, the realistic and outrageous. And then crystal clear vision. How do we prioritize? How do we delegate? What are our internal and external expectations? How do we set boundaries? How do we articulate our communication so we're not misunderstood? How do we influence and empower others? How do we have it all? And then to answer your generational differences, I think in the core of us, we're more similar than we are different. And I read from a uh, research scientist who wrote and found that all generations are similar, and I like that, in the following areas. Value structure, the values that matter most. Family, integrity, honesty, just what you would expect. Wanting mm -hmm. respect. Trustworthy leaders. Nobody likes change. Loyalty, they said, was not a function of age, but a function of the position in the organization. The higher you are, the more time you work. And we all want to learn, and everybody likes feedback. So I like that, that they're, instead of looking at the differences, they're looking at the similarities. Because that brings us together rather than keeps us separate. Mm, mm, okay. That's a, a lot of information in that, uh, that answer. So thank you very much. There were, there were the seven areas you indicated that we should hone in on are the challenges and opportunities, goal setting, crystal clear vision. Okay. So any of us who don't have a vision statement or even a uh, mission statement for our, our call centers, we should have one. Mm -hmm. uh, we should know what that vision is that should be the guiding post, really, for the decisions that we make and the way we approach things. Um, prioritization and delegation, um, very, very in important. Articulate communication. Uh, one of the things that we found out, by the way, Roseanne, in the uh, Agent Voices report is that communication is a problem in a lot of call centers. And it's not necessarily seen by the managers that way. Managers think they communicate pretty well. It's the agents <laughs> who don't think, don't think they're communicating yeah. with very well. So I think that right. was a great one. Uh, that was number uh, five on your list there. Uh, influencing yeah. and empowering others, uh, the empowerment, so important, and, and, and then having it all, trying to bring it all together. So, uh, yeah, thank you with that. And this whole idea that really there's more that uh, binds the generation that, that uh, you know, separates them is interesting. Yeah. And, uh Actually, uh, just last night, I'm an assistant scoutmaster and was at a um, meeting and talking about, you know, the scout oath with all of the, or scout law with all of the, the components to it. And really, the adults and the uh, children, the scouts, I should say, you know, we're all pretty much on the same page in terms of the importance of, of these values, which are the ones that, uh, mainly the ones that you have here. So uh, that's great. That's great. Well, listen, um, anything to add to that, or should we get on to some uh, some questions? Because Brian has some. 
I would like to suggest that everyone in the audience, including Bruce and Brian and everyone on this call, think about this. If we were to look up your name in the dictionary, Bruce Belfiore, what are the three words that would define you? I'm not asking you to do it now, but I would say that you should jot those down, take a look at them, and then maybe ask a coworker to do the same thing with your name and see if they come up with the same ones you do and see who you are in the matter because you can only have three words. Mm, okay. And these would be really for you, not your name, because uh, Bruce means brush thicket in old French, and uh, Belle no, Fiore no, no, means no. pretty, pretty <laughs> flowers. So I, I, I would definitely be kind of vegetal. <laughs> okay, so we'll put kind of your vegetal. picture in the dictionary with your name, <laughs> and not the derivative of it, but the three words that, um, you know, it might be integrity, it might be sense of humor, you know, things like that. It's nothing heavy. It's just to uh -huh. see who are in the matter, and then take mm -hmm. ownership of those words. Mm. We're so worried about where we're going to be next that we forget to take inventory of where we are now. Mm. You know, the oh, story great. of a guy great. that wanted to go to California, and he was making really good time, but he was going the wrong way because he never said where he was leaving from. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's, <laughs> okay. that's great. No, I encourage everybody to do that. That's uh, actually uh, could be painfully revealing or a lot of uh, fun in terms of coming up with those three <laughs> words uh, to kind of define us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the, over to Brian. We've got some questions from listeners. Brian? Okay, you might be on mute right now. Um, let's see. Well, I have okay, a question. You know. I have a question that Brian sent to me from Jade. Should I give that until Brian comes back? Let's do that. Absolutely. Okay. So Jade said, how can I justify the expenditure of coaching for myself, especially to my direct report? Measurable results, not only in one's ability to manage and lead, but the people you manage will have greater success and ultimately customer satisfaction, internal and external. And I found a statistic that I didn't even realize speaks right to your question, Jade. It said 77% improvement in relationships with direct reports. They have 71% increase in relationships with immediate supervisors. There's statistics for increase in teamwork, job satisfaction, organizational commitment, productivity, on and on and on. My point is, this is not airy-fairy. There are measurable results. And obviously, the better care you take of your people, the better care they take of your customers, current future, and potential, thus creating win-win-win all the way around. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that's a great answer to that. Um, okay. Uh, let me ask a question that we got in from Sandy um, on the parenting versus management question. Do you, okay. Roseanne, see any gender differences among the managers that you've worked with? 
Well, the differences that I see because of the economy in the world and the call center environment today, the roles of male-female have shifted. An example, I have a friend who is a high-powered executive at a corporation in New York. She has three children, and her husband is a house husband. So he's the one parenting, and she's the one managing her staff. Now, is she still a mother? Yes. However, I've seen her, and the lines of demarcation have blurred today because of two family households. So I don't think there's any definitive answer to whose role is which. Mm-hmm. Okay, so really at this point, uh, there's not a whole lot of difference in terms of the parenting versus management conundrum that we started uh, with in this show, uh, you know, among the, the different genders from what you've seen. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't. See, yeah, I don't see a difference in the genders. I do see a difference in the center between people who manage, mentor, coach, whatever word you want to use, compared mm. to parenting, which I see as judgmental and critical mm-hmm. rather than supportive and informative. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Although we parents do try to be supportive, right? Yeah, we do, and we are, but when we have to pull rank, we become parents yes. for good yeah. reasons, okay. reason, right. sometimes safety. They have to learn boundaries. Same thing in a call center. People have to learn boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We have another question here for Mark, and then we're actually at the bottom of the hour. So um, Mark asks, uh, what levels of management do you think should be involved in coaching? Should it be the frontline supervisors, managers, directors? Who who should be involved potentially in a, in a coaching program? I think supervisors, up to directors, up to vice presidents. I coach a CEO of a company. It's been years now. Everyone at every level he needs help, not only for where they are, but where they're going towards where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this okay. is a journey, not an event. This is a process, not an event. And if you keep doing what you were doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, heck, uh, when you think about it, even uh, major league uh, athletes uh, take coaching every day. So, uh, yeah. you know, right? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> it's important. Absolutely. I think if all, if all of us think about how we benefited from coaches and mentors in our life, whether we were active in sports or not, um, you know, it can make a huge difference, uh, a huge difference in your life. So, okay, yeah. well, we're down at the bottom of the hour, and we've covered a lot of territory. And um, let's see, Brian, uh, are, are you there? Or if not, we will um, thank Roseanne um, and our listeners as well. And I'd just like to tell all of our listeners that you can get in touch with Roseanne directly at her website, which is www.human dash technologies.com and you can sign up for her newsletter at www.humantechtips all one word humantechtips.com so uh, I'd like to thank Roseanne uh, thank Brian and uh, Dee Buell who puts together these uh, this show for uh, the content side and uh, for a lot of insightful discussion uh, Roseanne any any last words 
Um, I'd just like to tell you the 10 most powerful two-letter words. If it is to be, it is up to me. Woo. And thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> very, very good. Well, uh, thank you very much, Roseanne. Uh, thank you to uh, our audience. Uh, be sure to join us next time on um, February 19th. We'll continue discussing coaching, but this session will be about coaching for performance in the contact center. And from all of us at Benchmark Portal, as Brian likes to say, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. And for Brian Carrington, uh, I'd like to sign out and wish everybody a wonderful day and a fabulous 2014. Thank you very much. <laughs>